a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get moving with Maria. Inspiration to spend a few minutes each day to get moving on the small things that can make a big difference in your life. Thank you for joining us today for Let's Get Moving. With me is Allie Henry. She's a registered dietitian for Total Health and Fitness. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. We have picked the topic today, the gluten-free trend. Mm -hmm. So Allie, start out and just tell people what does it mean to go gluten-free? So gluten is found in a variety of wheat products. So wheat, oats, barley, and rye are the four things you can find gluten in. Um, Oats actually don't naturally have gluten in them, but oats are usually processed in factories that have gluten. So you have to buy specific oats that are Mm gluten-free. So gluten is found in all of these products and um, it's a lot of carby products for the most part. And carbs are pretty common enemy when it comes to weight loss. Right. So let's just talk. There are some people who don't choose to be gluten-free. They have to be gluten-free because they have some sort of gluten sensitivity, correct? And that's a different thing than what we're talking about today. Yeah, correct. So people who have celiac disease or there's other people with different autoimmune diseases that have forms of gluten intolerance as well, and they have to go off gluten for medical reasons because they physically cannot tolerate it, right? Right. So you mentioned all the carbs Mm -hmm. in gluten. So it has become a huge trend, and I think it still is. It started a, like a few years back, but I right. think it's still the thing to to go gluten-free. So just talk about just the trend right now, what is happening. Right. Well, um, there's always going to be something, right? And carbs have been a common enemy for forever. I mean, there was the Atkins diet way back in the day. Um, there's the paleo diet. Um, and the thing is very – a lot of like car- – Carby foods that are, they te- they're they very common foods that people crave, mm-hmm. like breads, treats, desserts, um, cookies, ice creams. Those are all really carby foods that people naturally just want a lot of. We gravitate towards yeah, them. Yeah, we gravitate yes, towards we them. Do. And so naturally, we want to cut those out because we feel like those are our problem foods, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so if we can cut out foods, those carby foods, whether it's because they have gluten in them or they just are really sweet and sugary, right? Uh, we feel like that will kind of solve all our problems. So I think that's kind of where the trend stems from is we try to target one particular thing that's causing our problems regarding health or weight or whatever it is. And if we get rid of it, then naturally we think that that was the ultimate culprit when maybe it was something larger, right? Maybe it wasn't necessarily gluten, but maybe it was 
the fact that we were eating excessive amounts of these foods that happen to con contain gluten, right? Okay, let's fo focus on gluten just for a second. Gluten in itself, is there a reason to eliminate it from your diet if you don't have an allergy or sensitivity? I mean, is there a benefit in just eliminating gluten? No, not really. I mean, it's not inherently bad for you in any way. It occurs naturally in foods, but unless you have something like celiac disease or um, Hashimoto's, that's an, an autoimmune disease that's not common, but it's another thing that can cause gluten intolerance, then it really isn't harmful to you. Okay. So otherwise, there's a benefit to eliminating the huge amount of carbohydrates Correct. That, that we eat. So just talk about that for a second. What what happens with carbohydrates? What are they and, and why is too much of them a bad thing? Right. So carbohydrates are starchy foods. So, you know, breads, um, oat, rice, uh, all your sweet treats that have sugar in them, those are carbohydrates. And carbohydrates aren't bad for you. We all need them to survive. Um, but too much of anything is not going to be a good thing, right? Uh, carbs, fats, proteins, too much of any of that won't be good. Um, but those carby foods tend to be things that most people struggle with eating an excessive amount of. And so that is a lot of the times why it tends to be something that people try to cut out when it comes to trendy diets, mm -hmm. right? So when people get over 50, I, I've heard some of my friends say, oh, hey, those carbohydrates, that's what's, you know, putting on the pounds. Mm -hmm. Is there truth to that or is it excessive? I mean, should we be cutting out the carbs altogether or is it just an excessive amount of carbohydrates? It's just the excessive amount of it, right? And for a lot of people, it happens to be that it's carbohydrates that is what's that's being their consumed problem. in excess. That's what they're right? eating the most of, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. So what are the myths that surround gluten-free trends? I mean, is there a myth that people just don't really understand? Is it the fact that they think gluten's bad? Or, or what would you say are some of the myths that surround the trend? Yeah, well, definitely the idea that gluten is bad for you. Uh, it's definitely not inherently bad. But with there being an increase in the awareness and the diagnosis of people with celiac disease, um, that is just kind of more on the forefront of people's minds. And people with celiac disease, when they get rid of gluten, they feel amazing. Like they feel so much better almost immediately. Um, and so getting rid of gluten for them is a life-changing thing. And sometimes for them, it does cause weight loss because prior to getting rid of gluten, they had a lot of inflammation in their body that was causing you know, water retention. And so sometimes they do lose weight when they go off of gluten. Um, and so I think part of it is we are seeing these people who have an actual medical reason that they need to go off of gluten. They get off of it. They feel way better. They lose some weight. And so then other people who maybe don't really know that much about celiac disease or going gluten-free, but they just see their friend who went off of it and lost weight. So they're like, oh, maybe I should try that. Maybe and they look that... and feel amazing. Yeah. So, hey, that's got to be a thing. Right? Yeah, that has to be something that if it's bad for them, it's probably bad for me too, right? Which isn't necessarily the case. Okay. So what do you tell your clients? How can they go about eliminating some carbohydrates in a healthy way? Uh, so it's all about balance, which the elusive word balance, right? <laughs> it's not always uh, an easy thing. But so... If I have a client and they come in and 
whether they want to go off of gluten um, or they just want to balance their carbohydrates, I create a plan for them. So you can kind of go about your week and try to eliminate your carbs or whatever it is. But without a plan, you're kind of just guessing. And that isn't what you want. If you want good results, you don't want to guess. You want to know what's happening. So we create a plan and we say, this is what you're going to eat for breakfast, for your snacks, for your dinners. We'll portion out your foods and create a really good plan so that way you feel confident. And then I meet with them on a weekly basis so that way we can check up and say, how did you do? What did you struggle with? What can we do moving forward to make this a better week and make some improvements? So having somebody to hold you accountable, whether that's a professional or if it's a friend, um, but somebody who kind of knows what they're doing and can hold you accountable and then... um, just create a good plan moving forward. And if that means they want to go gluten-free because they have celiac disease or they feel like they just feel better, maybe they've been off it for a certain amount of time and they feel better, absolutely, I 100% respect that. You know, I want to help them. So, Right. How would someone know if they're eating too many carbohydrates? Because it's different for all of us, right? Yeah. Depending on the size of your body, how much you're working out, that kind of thing. But is there some good measurement of what is a healthy amount? Yeah, so... Generally, I tell people they want about maybe 40 to 50% of their calories to come from carbohydrates. So that would come, like they would understand that by tracking how much food they're eating. If someone's sitting down with me in my office, I'll usually do just a very basic diet recall of what do you typically eat? What does your breakfast look like, your snacks? Do you go out to eat? What does that look like? So I can get kind of an idea as to what they are doing. And then together we will sit down and create a meal plan. And that's usually very eye-opening for people as well because as I can help determine what's an appropriate calorie level and carbohydrate level for them, then they can kind of see, oh, I normally eat this much cereal at breakfast and Allie's saying I need to cut it back a little bit. So then they are able to recognize that they maybe were consuming a little bit too much. Right. Are people often surprised at how many carbohydrates they are consuming? Um, not necessarily. I think it's more just food in general. Um, Overall consumption. Yeah, yeah, just food in general. Is that because of the way, I mean, is it because of mindless eating? Why is that? <laughs> Definitely some mindless eating. Uh, food is a very big part of our culture. I mean, We have it around for celebrations, any party you go to, church functions, work parties. It's just, it's around all of the time. And so a lot of that, a lot of the food that we consume is consumed mindlessly, like you said, uh, or we just do it because it's there. Um, So I think that is a big part of it. Right. So if someone knows they're putting on weight, Mm -hmm. they're thinking carbohydrates are the reason why they're putting on weight. Mm Mm-hmm. What would be the best thing for them to do? Maybe tracking or writing down, like start in the morning and track what you're eating? What would you suggest they do? Yeah, so I am a big advocate for calorie tracking apps. My Fitness Pal is a big one. Lose It is another one. Those are the common ones that I recommend for clients. Uh, You can also do a very basic food journal where you just write down everything you eat each day. Something It's a little bit of an accountability piece as well. Sometimes people, when they know they have to write it down, they don't want to eat it. So No, when I was doing Weight Watchers some time ago, if I had to write down the county bar, there was no way I would eat it. Right. Yeah. It seems silly, but <laughs> yeah. it's the truth. That accountability piece is huge, right? Yeah. So... 
those are both really awesome tools just to help you really understand how much you are actually consuming because right. people are often surprised by and that. And those are my fitness pals free. I yeah. have that on my yeah. my phone. Yeah, I only I only do free apps. So. Right. <laughs> awesome. Awesome because you don't want to add to their expense when they're trying to get healthy, right? Right, right. Right. So and then where? Where do they go from there once they decide if they are consuming too much? Uh, so there's a lot of easy tools they can use at home. They can use their scale. Sometimes we say the scale is the enemy, right? But it can be also a very good tool to help them if they're trying to lose weight. So I'll say track your calories, see where you're at, and maybe do that for a week to see exactly how much you are consuming. And then um, see where you can cut back, okay? Um, and then use your weight as a measure of progress for yourself as well. So weigh yourself and then track your calories for a week. Weigh yourself again and see, are you up or are you down? If you're up, then you're consuming too much. If you're down, then you're in a deficit and you're at a good spot where you can be losing weight. And then if you're the same, then you know, okay, I need to cut back maybe four or 500 calories a day and that will help me get some good weight loss started and going. Right. We know from the nationwide trends that mm -hmm. weight is going up. Yeah. People are getting fatter. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I mean, we talked about mindless eating, but what do you think is the biggest problem? Oh, that's a hard question. There's so much. Uh, the culture side of it, um, and just a, there's not a lot of awareness about what we are eating. Um, and I think that's a big problem. So that's why I am a huge advocate for tracking calories, because then people really understand how much they're actually consuming um, or going out to eat, that's another one, because people don't know how much calories it's are hard in the to food track that they're when you're eating. eating out, yeah. right? Yeah, and that's a common thing. Just the way our culture is now, everything is super fast-paced. And so we want to go out to eat because we don't have time to cook, um, and we just want everything immediately. And I think that that has kind of been detrimental to our health, unfortunately. I'm all about convenience, but you have to get a little bit creative if you want to track your food, too. Because when you go out to eat, you just you oftentimes have no idea how much you're consuming. And it's amazing. I'll sit down with my clients and we'll maybe talk about some good options for when they go out to eat. And they'll inevitably tell me what they typically get and they are always very disappointed to find out it's almost their entire day's worth of calories in one meal right <laughs> so it's just a lack of awareness i think for a lot of people all right so. i think we focus a lot on the weight aspect mm -hmm. rather than the health yeah aspect like whenever we talk about food we're thinking oh we want to lose weight how do we focus more on being healthier and focus less on the cat on not the calories but the pounds yeah yeah so it's very very easy to get wrapped up in how much weight you're losing and my clients do it too sometimes they'll get really frustrated and the number one thing I will do is tell them to take a step back and think about why they're really doing this because at the end of the day if their scale said the exact same thing but they felt different they had more energy levels they were able to do things that they weren't able to do before they wouldn't care. They really wouldn't. And so it's helping them identify what is the real reason you want to lose weight. Is it because you want to have your doctor tell you you're at a healthy BMI? Or is it because you want to have energy to play with your kids or your grandkids? You want to be able to go on walks with your family. You 
want to be able to, you know, enjoy yourself in social situations, whatever it is, like those are the bigger reasons. And so focusing on those non-scale victories uh, really just helps people see the bigger picture, right? It's not all, It's not really about weight when we get down to it. Right. And I ask you that question because when we talk about weight, then suddenly we're denying ourselves things. Yeah. Which also is not the best way to go about it. Right. Right. So explain what you tell your clients when it comes to, hey, I can't have any, I can't have any chocolate because I'm doing, you know, how does that work psychologically when you say, hey, I can't have any of these things? Yeah, I don't know what it is, but human beings, man, we just, when we we are told we can't have something, all automatically we want to have it. Like kids are the same way, um, but it's just kind of human nature. So I always tell my clients there's there's no food that's off limits. Even on your meal plan, even when you're trying to lose weight, there is no food that's off limits. Ultimately, we want to create a plan that's going to um, help you long term so you know how to eat for the rest of your life, right? And you're not going to go to a birthday party and never have cake again or go on vacation and enjoy foods that maybe you wouldn't be able to enjoy at home, right? Um, that's just not realistic. And so, again, that elusive balance that we are all seeking, it's very hard and it takes practice. That's all it is, is practice. Um, eating healthy is a skill just like anything else. And so it matters what you do every day, not what you do for one thing, right? We don't we don't get skinny by eating one salad just like we don't get fat from eating one cookie, right? So, it's just what are you doing most of the time and then enjoy yourself every once in a while. Right. Any um, final thoughts you want to leave us with? I guess food is not the enemy. That's the biggest thing. So food is meant to fuel us and it's meant for us to enjoy. And so that's something that we should love and be grateful for. Um, it serves us in a lot of different ways. And so we should thank it for that and enjoy it. <laughs> Allie, thank you so much. And, and tell people how they can get a hold of you. So uh, they can reach out to us by calling our office. We're I'm in Centerville. Um, and their phone number is 801-683-4800. Okay. And again, we're talking about total health and fitness. Total, yes, total health and fitness. Okay. And Allie, thanks again for being here. Yes. Thank you so much.